Good morning, church. Hey, all right. How are you guys doing? Nice. Got another, not quite as packed out as we have been, uh, second service, but uh, still got a few chairs back there. It's just so good to see you guys and uh, excited for, for everything that the Lord's doing here uh, in OB Joyful. Um, and we do have another service at 8.30, too. Uh, if you guys want a little more elbow room, uh, there is a, a little bit. Uh, there's another service at 8.30. So excited to see you guys this morning. And, uh, and again, how many people are here for the Arts Festival? Anybody here for the Arts Festival? No? Or just visiting? First-timers? Yeah, we got some first-timers here. Welcome, guys. Awesome. Uh, again, so excited that you guys are here to worship with us this morning, uh, that you're just uh, here. And, and we just want to welcome you and uh, just love you guys. So uh, thanks for worshiping with us this morning. And uh, if you are visiting, uh, just to let you know, we've been going through a series uh, entitled, And He Said Unto Them. And, uh, or He Said Unto Them. He Said To Them, excuse me. And uh, um, basically, this is just uh, taking a look at the passages of Scripture where Jesus spoke to crowds and some of the things that He said uh, within those crowds. We've taken a look at a lot of passages in the Sermon of the Mount. You know, what it's like to be salt and light, to store your treasures up in heaven, um, things of that nature. We've looked at uh, just all kinds of really cool stuff uh, where Jesus is, is kind of speaking to the crowds. And he says some interesting things uh, within those passages. And this morning, we're going to be taking a look at uh, Matthew 20, verses 29 through 34. So if you have your Bibles, um, and you might want to stick your thumb in Luke 18 too. Uh, we'll be going there next. But uh, Matthew 20, 29 through 34. And, uh, you know, both Jim and Tyler kind of prefaced uh, the situation here, what's going on. But um, we're getting, kind of getting to the end of, of Jesus' ministry here, too. And, and we know that because they're, they're approaching Jericho. And, and this is one of the cities that's close to Jerusalem. And he's on his way to uh, the Passover feast in kind of his final days. But, um, uh, and he has, in this passage, um, Jesus and his disciples are um, getting ready to leave Jericho. And we're going to pick it up in verse 29. So Matthew 20, verses 29. As they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. And two blind men sitting by the road, hearing that Jesus was passing by, cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And the crowd sternly told them to be quiet. But they cried out all the more, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus stopped and he called to them and he said, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Lord, we want our eyes to be opened. And moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes, and immediately they regained their sight and followed him. Let me pray for our time this morning. Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you that we can gather here, uh, Lord, and worship you and give you praise and glory for the God that you are, the amazing God. And Father, I pray that the, the truth of the scripture this morning will seek radically uh, to new depths in our heart. Um, that you will open the eyes of our heart and give us wisdom and, and revelation and understanding of you that we've never had before. Lord, we do cry out to you. We desperately need you. We, every single one of us just desperately need you, Lord, just to move. Father, I pray that you would just bless this time this morning and that you will just show up in a tangible, amazing way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So as we start this morning, and kind of Tyler kind of set the stage too, but let me just ask you this question. 
Again, it's probably been asked, you know, by you before you've read this passage, but folks, can you define and articulate the heart cries um, and the, the petitions of your heart? And if Jesus were, were here today, you're standing right here, and he was asking you the same question, what do you want me to do for you? How would you answer that? Could you answer that? A lot of people, a lot of you can. A lot of you could probably articulate that right away. Say, yeah, this is what I'm going after. This is what I want. Um, and some maybe, some of us maybe not, not maybe we're like, well, this maybe, but, but can, you, can you articulate? And how would you respond? And for me, I don't know about you guys, but you know, one of the probably most convicting ways and, and the easiest way for me to kind of see where I've been tracking with the Lord is to go back and look at my prayers. And there's kind of like two paths, you know, that we can kind of go down. You know, we're either kind of a self-sustaining, you know, or we're just kind of relying on our own for our nourishment, our provision, um, for everything that we're good. Or we're kind of in a, in a God-sustaining mode where we're literally just crying out to God. Where we need God to desperately move in our lives each and every day. Um, and a lot of that can be really reflected in our, in our prayers. And, uh, and I don't thought you, but for me, that's, that's one of the ways to kind of try and take a look at that too. And it also reminds me, too, just kind of the contrast of what's going on with these two men. Because these two men were, were definitely in a place where they were crying out to the Lord. And they needed the Lord to move desperately, crying out to the Messiah, Son of David, have mercy on us. And then you've got the crowd. And I don't know about you guys, but again, I can, I can fall so easily into that crowd mentality. Within my prayer life, with just in the way I'm living life, just kind of going with the flow, right? And... Uh, and Jesus is right there, but I'm not even crying out to him. I mean, and here's the other thing, too, is that these other guys in the crowd that are walking with Jesus, they could have said the same thing and had the same exact opportunity, but they didn't. But the two men that really took a hold of the situation were the men that were just crying desperately for God to move. But again, I can also see myself in that position so many times, and it's, it's sad to me. Um, but one of the things I love about these two men that were crying out is the persistence that they cried out with. And they didn't relent. And even when the crowds told them to be quiet, they didn't stop. And they persisted. And kind of one of, the, one of my favorite, a couple of my favorite parables to emphasize this too is, is Luke 18. And if you did turn to Luke 18, or you could, we have it on the screen here too. But Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. I love, the first verse is my favorite. Now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and to not lose heart. I love that. And the NLT says to never give up, to never give up, to persist. Saying, in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. And there was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him saying, give me legal protection for my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, even though I do not fear God, nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she'll wear me out. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now will God bring about justice for his elect who cry out to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? On the earth. And folks, and I just want to encourage you to, 
And I'm going to say this a lot at, you know, start this sermon. Don't give up. Do not give up. And a lot of you guys, too, that are, yeah, like you, could, you could articulate those, those desires, those prayers that you were coming before the Lord right now, and you are just desperately crying out and waiting God to move. I just want to encourage you this morning, don't give up. Do not give up. Again, there's so many things, uh, not things, stories of men and women through this Bible who had trials that are far greater than I can ever comprehend. Um, but they just pleaded before God and how God answered their prayers. And he included them in this journey and, uh, and answered so many amazing, amazing prayers. Another, another parable I want to talk about this morning to you about um, Jesus just really emphasizing this point uh, is Luke 11. Turn back to Luke 11, 5 through 13. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, let me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from the inside he answers and says, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot give up. I cannot get up and give you anything, I tell you. Even though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, yet because his persistence, because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who, knocks, he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now suppose one of, you, one, one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he is asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And folks, do not give up. Do not relent. One of my, one of my favorite uh, quote by a guy named Mark Batterson, he's a, a pastor in uh, Washington, D.C. at NCC Church. He says this. He says, you can become, who you become can be determined by how you pray. And the transcript of your prayers can become the script of your life. Remember that again. Who you become can be determined by how you pray. And the transcript of your prayers can become the script of your life. And also kind of, you know, Batterson would go on to say to you that um, these big, bold prayers. Folks, I mean, you, do you guys know we serve the God of the impossible? A God who can do anything. And it's almost an insult to even pray something that we can even accomplish on our own. And when we get the chance to, to, to go in and journey with him in, in, in impossible prayers. You know, when we're praying for these folks this morning, we're praying for, um, for healing. I mean, we, we literally, and I want to, and this is another thing too. Folks, pray with expectation because God can do this. And he answers prayer. And start writing these prayers down, these things in your life, how you want to see God move and watch it happen. It's amazing. And again, you know, it's so easy to kind of agree with each other about this on, on a Sunday morning. But, you know, folks, when we go out the doors and we go out the week, you know, this is when the rubber really starts to hit the road. And so you say, okay, like, now what? You know, where do I start or where, well, you know, how do I go about this? 
Um, and I think and even, you know, even the folks, too, that you know, might be really just crying out to God, too, I want to just back up. And uh, I think the, the, the two blind men by the side of the road, you know, started in a great place. Lord, open my eyes that I might see. Just cry out to God, Lord, open my eyes. In fact, they said, yeah, Lord, we want our eyes to be opened. And let me just say, too, within this, you know, the truths and the promises, and, and we pray into these verses, and we pray these verses over us, for ourselves, for our children. We never graduate from these, ever. And let me just say, too, if you, if you think you've got it, like, okay, I know what this is, too, man, never stop praying, Lord, open my eyes. Because he has depths, there are riches, there are depths and places that he wants to take you that you can't even imagine. I love Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And one of my favorite verses that um, I've been praying for a long time, and it's had a radical impact on my life and Noel's life too, is Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. And, and some of the men on Thursday mornings get sick of me talking about this, but I'm still going <laughs> to talk about it because it's such a, a verse that's had a, such a radical impact on my life. Let me just read this verse. Again, this is Paul's prayer uh, for the church in Ephesians. Verse 15. For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, which exists among you, your love for all the saints. Do not cease, I do not cease, giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is, their, what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his mind, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. And folks, and let me just dive into this verse too. Um, a couple of things I want to really hit on. Um, that he may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In the knowledge of him, of who he is. And let me just say what, what Paul's not talking about here when he's talking about knowledge. He's not talking about this kind of knowledge in your head or what it's about or facts or figures. He's talking about this kind of knowledge right here in our heart. And the Greek word for knowledge is gnosis. And that's all throughout the Bible, too. But the specific word that Paul uses here is epinosis. He takes it a little farther. He's a little, there's a preposition uh, before this. And epinosis is a, a, a preposition meaning on or upon. And it's, it's more intense than just gnosis or just knowledge. It's a deep, full, and thorough knowledge. A clear and exact knowledge. And church, this is what is needed so desperately. I mean, you think the last thing this church needs is another rope prayer, another bit of knowledge, but we need the heart knowledge of just radical experiencing God. 
And again, this is shaped and informed uh, by Scripture. Um, But we just need a full-on pursuit of God, an epinosis. And this is where the rubber hits the road. This is where the rubber really hits the road. And this is also what actually matters in life. If we're going to talk about anything that matters in life, this is it. That experiential knowledge of God. And so desperately what we need to be crying out for. For the knowledge, for the eyes of our heart to be enlightened. Lord, that you would enlighten the eyes of our heart. A few other examples in the New Testament uh, where Paul uses this word and write these scriptures down too. And folks, I just encourage you to go out through the week and just pray these over yourself. Make them your own. Uh, three that really stuck out I want to share with you. This is Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through, his, through the true knowledge, the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by... These he has granted to to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Again, the promises. You think about these promises that are in here that God's just waiting for us to take hold of. Um, Amazing. Philippians chapter 1, 9 through 11 says, And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in the real knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory of God. Let me get another one. The last one. Colossians 1, 9 through 11. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased, we have not stopped, we have persisted to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Amen? Folks, just let this sink in. Um, And again, just pray these over you. And I just... Man, put these, put these verses on your, especially the Ephesians verse, um, put it on your steering wheel, put it on your refrigerator at home, and just pray this over you to really experience um, it's the presence of the Lord and the knowledge um, of the Lord, the true knowledge. There's a quote by Tozer I love. It says, trying to be happy without a sense of God's presence is like trying to have a bright day without the sun. God's just crying out. He's... He's inviting us in this journey with him. And again, you know, I love to, you know, as far as praying and crying out to the Lord, I, I love to pray about the details too. And again, you think about the things that we can so easily just get distracted with. Um, and, and again, you can go back and look and the things that we're praying for and, and those things are good. I mean, God cares about every minutiae. He cares about every hair on your head. Um, and again, we're building a house. I prayed 
just a quick testimony, too. I prayed for a door last week, and or two weeks ago, and then I had a friend, literally 30 minutes later, um, call me and say, hey, I got a door. Do you want it? <laughs> Serious. Uh, and it was awesome. I was like, yeah. But there's a lot of other things, for, you know, I've been praying for, too, this house that just haven't happened. Um, and that's okay. But I tell you what, the testimonies of the door, I'm standing on those. And because of, the, because of the door, because of the front door, I'm going to keep praying for everything. I'm not going to stink and relent um, until it's taken care of. Uh, but God cares about those things, too. And, and we do have to be careful about uh, some of those things, too, because I think, you know, we can, we can kind of selfishly flirt with a lot of selfish desires, you know, in these prayers that we go after um, and really pray into. But let me just say this, too. You guys, when we take these promises, when we take these prayers, like the ones out of Ephesians, the ones... Um, all the other promises that the Lord has for us too. We can stand on these and we can pray with tenacity and we can just go after this stuff too. And knowing that the Lord, that this has been given to us uh, through Christ's work on the cross. Um, Again, 2 Corinthians 1 verses 20 says, For as many as are the promises of God, in him they are yes. Therefore also through him, is our amen to the glory of God through us. Again, through Christ's work on the cross, we have access to each and every one of these promises to to go after, to take hold of, to pray, to journey with the Lord on. And it's awesome. And he's inviting us into this. And again, too, it's, it's important, you know, as we journey with this, too, and some of you guys, and again, going back to the original question, what are you praying for? What are you crying out for? A lot of us have had things that we have been praying for and crying for, uh, whether it's a family member or a child, uh, I don't know, that we really want to see the Lord move. And I just invite you to the other thing, you know, that um, I encourage you all to do is, is really just, you know, there, there might be a time we really need to gather up uh, men and women around us who are like-minded, who are really going to just stand, help us stand in the gap. And help us stand against the, the noise of the crowd that's saying, be quiet, stop, um, and, and, and fight for this too. And one of the reasons, you know, we've got to persist is one of the things that we're doing. When we enter into prayer, we're entering into battle. And, and, this is, and this is a whole other sermon I could get into, and I'm not, I don't have time today. But it is a battle. And, uh, and to, to persist and to not relent and don't give up. Again, folks... Um, knock down the stinking door if you have to. Philippians 3, verses 7 through 11 says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. And again, I think about that verse too. I think about all the things in my life that I prayed for, all the rubbish, all the the silly prayers, and, and, you know, they're not silly prayers to God, but, um, you know, once you start praying on those promises, once you start really praying to God just to open the eyes of your heart, um, you know, these things just pale in comparison. I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him, 
I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. And I want to suffer with him, sharing his death, so that one way or another I will experience a resurrection from the dead. So, folks, just before we leave, I mean, here's like the one thing. If you're going to take away anything this morning, this is one worthy pursuit um, before we leave today. And we're all going to go out into the world, into the week, and we're going to do things. We're going to do a lot of things that don't even matter. Um, again, I think about, you know, the last few weeks I've had and the things that I've done, the things that haven't yielded anything and the, the things that just wasted time and uh, just been worthless. But let me just say this. Here is one worthy thing to pursue right now, and I challenge you to do it this week. Pursue and pray for a deep knowledge of God. To really know him. And pray to have your eyes opened. Just like these two blind men on the side of the road. Again, folks, you've never graduated from this, ever. This is something to always go after and pray for. And take this verse, and again, put it on your refrigerator, put it on your steering wheel, uh, and pray it every day. If you've got a spouse, pray with you know, your spouse every day. This is a prayer. Again, somebody challenged me to pray this, and the one I prayed it for an, every day for an entire summer. And we have testimony how the Lord literally opened our eyes in ways that we had never even seen before. Um, again, just make this your own. Just cry out to God. Cry out for your children, for your children's children, for your friends, those that you're praying for, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, may be opened so that you will know what is the hope of your calling. Again, just like the men outside of Jericho, um, we need an encounter with the Son of God. And guess what? He's asking the exact same question right now today as he did then. What do you want me to do for you? And folks, if you don't have those, those prayers, if you can't articulate it, write it down. And start going after that. And start seeing what he has for you. I love John 17.3. Another one of my favorite verses. John 17.3 says, This, present tense, this is eternal life. That they may know you. The only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Again, the Son of God, one of the things he's crying out, he's all crying out to know us more, to dive deep in relationship more. And some of us, maybe, you know, we're kind of still on the fence with this whole Jesus relationship thing. But let me just say, he wants to know you so radically, so desperately. And it's the most amazing thing that you have ever experienced before in your entire life. He's crying out for just a heart knowledge to get to know you. If this is something that you've never done before, even um, maybe new for you, uh, love to talk to you about that. Come talk to us. Uh, love to um, just dive in with you, each and every one of you, of what that might look like uh, in your lives as well.
Because folks, this is what we were made for, to know God and enjoy him forever. To know him and enjoy him forever. And we'll be restless until we find rest in him. Um, I guarantee it. So um, that's the challenge for today. Um, and as we wind down, you know, I just want to, um, you know, this morning, uh, again, we have an awesome celebration with the baptisms. And, and hopefully you guys can make it. For those of you who don't know, Gunsight Bridge is uh, out the road. We have directions with a little map on the back there, too. Uh, and if you come, and again, if you want to be baptized, we can take care of that, too. So love to, uh, to talk to you about that. So come talk to us about that as well. And um, bring some food, a picnic. It's going to be an awesome celebration. So just want to, let me just pray for us as we just leave this morning. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord God, we just thank you for this time this morning. We thank you for your word, your truth. And again, Father, I pray that this will just resonate deeply with us. And Father God, we do, we want to know you more. We want to experience you more. We want our eyes to be opened. Father, I pray that you would open our eyes as a way, in a way that you've never opened them before. Lord, we cry out to you. We desperately need you, Lord. We thank you for everything that you're doing in this community, in this church body. And Lord, I'm um, just excited for what, what, what you've got in store for us down the road too. We love you. We thank you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, church. Have a great Sunday.